What up, what up, what up? Back at it again. Real Fans Podcast. Back in the building. I'm your boy Gabe. I'm wearing my Marlins shirt. Shout out to the Marlins. That's Julian over here. And of course, JoJo's got to rep New York. Always, always repping. Ready know. I'm with the Miami natives and locals out here. Just another episode here, real fans. Welcome back. Oh my God, we're we're in the hot, the heat, a little bit. the heat of summer. I don't know if y'all, everybody, stay inside, hydrate, hide your kids, hide your wife. It's, it's Bruh, a hot heat one. advisory <laughs> almost every single day. Yo, almost for, every for like day has been a heat. The water, I think, the water in the ocean, the temperature was like oh my god, five degrees Fahrenheit. That's crazy. Yeah, that at like something like that, five feet or something like I don't know how it was. It was like I forgot how deep it was that they're saying it, but it's been fucking miserable. I don't even want to <laughs> go outside, honestly. I mean, I've been going to the Inter Miami games, but those have been just like miserably hot. But nonetheless. Oh. We're going to get into it. We're going to talk about Airmine in a little bit. But you know what? I love about the middle of the summer when it's hot as hell. I think about fall. I'm ready for fall. And when I think fall, I think fall football. So let's get into NFL news. NFL news opened up this week. Uh, We have uh, the opening of training camp. I think it's the first week. Um, And as we record this today, or just before we got on, I think one of the biggest news... uh, uh, out of training camp was Joe Burrow just got carted off. Uh, I, I sent that video. We're not going to show it, obviously. Um, uh, but Joe, Joe Burrow, obviously, uh, Super Bowl contender, uh, top, you know, number one pick, coming off an injury already. I, I don't know which leg he injured because I know he already, you know, he tore his ACL um, uh, off that bad tackle. So, um, yeah, Joe Joe Burrow gets injured f- first week. So, uh, Julian, how, uh, you know. I, you know, as we get into football season, you know, uh, especially this first week, these guys have been, you know, I don't know what they do with their off season. Mostly, I, th- I think most of the professional guys, like the quarterbacks, will probably be training, uh, getting ready. But uh, how difficult is it for like to have your star quarterback just carted off the field? And you saw the video just now. I Dude, I'm actually about to watch it right now and see exactly what happened because. Oh, it's a non-contact injury. Non-contact, you know that's. Just, the, oh yeah, I forgot to specify ooh, non-contact injury. You know, for, for some reason, I feel like those are the worst type of injuries. Like, yeah. For, oh yeah, because like, it's like something, something like, fucking popped. And yeah. I, and the thing too is, I've had those injuries. Like I've, I've tore my hamstring, and like I, it's those shit. Like when somebody goes down from non-contact, like I just feel that, like in that, in my soul, like exactly what they're feeling. It's like so bad that you just fell down it wasn't like you got knocked down yeah, and then yeah, you're yeah. kind of feeling it after the fact this is like boom like right yeah. there and i'm like and yeah, like, to describe it right now words happen like i don't know you get a little tweak your your, your foot gets stuck you and know to the, in the and for you know i just want to describe the video because we're not going to play obviously for youtube reasons we don't want to get you know demonetized or whatever um but he's like that to, to he, be doing that stuff. he's kind of rolling out to the right he's kind of running and it, it looks like he was just kind of running by himself obviously quarterbacks they wear in their red jersey like nobody's gonna touch him obviously week one so he's not getting tackled or anything he's rolling out to his right kind of running and he kind of bends over to kind of dig down to run and then automatically i think it was his left knee i can't remember julian you can it looks like his right right knee? his right leg and it looks like he already had a sleeve on it so if you guys are uh, Bengals fans out there, let us know exactly. Like it looked like it was something that he was already like taking precaution towards. Yeah. Um, and now it seems like he just he just aggravated it, which yeah. immediately limping. And and you're talking about this is a calf injury, and I mean you know like anybody who's had those muscle injuries, like those are some nagging injuries: hamstrings, calves, groins, like. Anything on the bottom half of your body that's just like muscle, like 
there's so much pushing and pulling that like goes right there. Like it, it's weird. It's, you know, it's like one of those things you don't realize how much you use those muscles until you injure one of them. Oh, that's like, yeah, when that's I when I tore my hamstring, I was like, bro, I can't sit. I can't lay down. I can't fucking stand. I can't do anything. You can't bend over. Like, it's just like, Jesus. And like the calf, probably not as bad, but like still nonetheless enough for like grown man to just fall over like that. That's some scary sight. That's a really scary sight. Uh, if I was the Bengals, man, I don't even touch them. Like let, like don't even like risk it for the rest of the, because you do not want him to have a nagging injury all season long. That's just going to be bothering him. It's like yeah. give him as much time as he needs. It's late July, so you got until mid September. So hopefully the training staff there. Yeah. The good thing is, thank God, you'd rather right have on. this happen now than later on down the road. Obviously, yeah. I will and, say uh, the weird thing is it doesn't look like I mean this is on grass too this didn't happen on turf and we all know like turf is shit turf always injures people in like non-contact yeah, it's basically know. on concrete they, they put concrete down and then they put yeah, a layer, yeah. layer like a layer of and then you have that the black pebble shit and then yeah, little, especially when you have yeah. full cleats your cleats just get stuck in there like that like when I play soccer like I don't I don't use full I don't use like legit cleats I use turf cleats where they're like the, the, the knobs ones, yeah. are really smallers yeah, they and just like, have the I'm groove. Like, no. but yeah, it has yeah. the groove so you don't slide, but it's enough to like. But you're not digging in so much, like, because that shit has no give, man. It's not like real grass. But luckily, it didn't look like that was the issue. But um, uh, yeah, man, so that e- sucks. Yeah. That that really. Sucks. ESPN reporting that it's a calf injury. Um, this is on the same leg. I'm looking at a, a site right now. Um, he had a couple knee strains. Obviously, he tore his uh, ACL. Um, so was this on the same leg as the ACL? Uh, same injury? leg, same leg. So oh, yeah. So here's, right here, here's the thing: when I hear this, I like take it with a grain of salt, right? Because a lot of times teams like to cover up injuries, right? They say, "Oh, make a big, oh, it's just a muscle, it's just a calf or whatever," which it could be, it could possibly be, it could be, or you know, I can be more cynical and be like, "Yo, it's probably you know, if it's on the same leg that he had previously blew out, you know, what I mean, his his knee, maybe it's something deeper, right? Maybe and, and I you know, they say one of the biggest predictors of injuries is like previous injury. And it, you know, if it's on the same side, it's like maybe, you know, his leg is protecting that. I don't know. It's the first week. It's hot as hell outside. Like we already you know what I mean, like it's hot everywhere in America. So um maybe maybe it is hopefully it is a, a, just a calf strain because you know there's a lot of high hopes for him coming in. Um but it is from the website I'm looking at. I don't know. I could be looking at something fake, but uh, it's reporting on the same side as that knee. WebMD. Yeah. <laughs> WebMD. <laughs> WebMD. <laughs> Gabe bring out the facts. No, that sucks. Like, I I mean, obviously, in the next couple, this looks like this just happened today. Like, yeah. What Dude. we said, this is the start of training camp pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if there's any time for this to happen, it's it's now. Yeah. I mean, Not in the like, middle. Well, you still have a yeah. a ton of time, and it's like, I mean, we all know quarterbacks don't really get that much like play, anyways. I mean, they're mostly kind of throwing the ball around for the most part throughout training camp. So I don't know. Hopefully, he can come back um, because otherwise, man, like I've seen it countless times. The good thing is he's a quarterback. He's not like a receiver. Or like yeah. a lineman with like a calf injury. At least he can kind of stand there and kind of like hold stand his arm. So pocket, it's not like rely yeah. on his arm. You know, he, he but, might not be able to scramble as much. But um, I'm looking at the video now. So who's uh who's the backup quarterback for that team? Who's uh, next I'll, man up? I'll show you that right now. I'm looking at the schedule because they play uh, week I feel like one. I know. They, play, they play the Bengals week one. So uh, let me the look Bengals at the Bengals play roster. the Bengals. 
Oh, I'm sorry. The Bengals play the Browns. That's what I meant to say. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see. They're backup quarterbacks. Let's let me scroll down. I'm just trying to vibe for time. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to scroll down. Man. I'm trying to scroll down. Actually, Come let me on, just type it. Time's in. clicking. Time's All right. clicking. You have Trevor Simeon. Uh, you would know about uh, Jojo. Uh, <laughs> Jojo would know about Trevor Simeon. <laughs> and a guy, Jake Browning. Jake Browning like from Washington. First year. <laughs> so, Trevor Simeon. Hey, guys. Uh, Bengals fans. Yeah. Some to look yeah. To. <laughs> tell, Jojo, tell them how good they are. Tell them how good Trevor oh, Simeon is. <laughs> I mean, listen, we just saw Pro Bowler, some would say. Uh, Burrow. Pray, pray for your boy Burrow, man. Hopefully it's nothing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you want your boy Simeon out there starting this year. Uh, uh, but yeah, next man yeah. up, next man up. I'll say something. Yeah, some because like in Denver, it would suck. It would really suck for them to miss. Even if he just misses one game, that can pretty much guarantee them a loss with that guy as a backup. Like with that race for the first seed, this season is going to be insanely tough. You're going to need every win you can possibly get imaginable because. The AFC, I mean, we've said it last year, and it's probably going to be even better this year. It's going to be super, super tough. I mean, you're talking about the Bengals, the Bills. Now the Jets look like they're going to be a fighter. You have the Chargers, who are always kind of up there. The Jags, who are supposed to be better. The Dolphins, like, I feel like I'm missing some other ones, too. But, like, Yo, don't forget the, the Broncos. Like God, the Chiefs. How, how can I forget the Chiefs? Yeah, the fucking Chiefs, the, Chiefs. the Super Bowl Listen, champion. My, my whole, my whole, uh, my whole the Broncos my could whole be better, too. I mean, we don't know. I mean the a the AFC is fucking Baltimore like the AFC is stacked right now and it's like the last thing you need is one of your quarterbacks like going down for like a game because I mean we saw it this past season like that that game with Demar Hamlin going down like that affected either the Bengals yeah. and the Bills potentially getting that first did. seed yeah that it did, did that, because they they had to go based off win percentage and when you have one less game the win percentage gets all kind of wonky and everything. So we saw how that affected last year. So it's like you, yeah. the last thing you want is any – with the way this, this race is going to be, it's it's honestly going to be a really exciting season, especially in the yeah. AFC. NFC is going to be whack as shit. But the AFC, now with even Aaron Rodgers coming over here, it's going to be electric. And <laughs> it's going to be yeah. top talents. Quick quick note. Uh, shout out to DeMar Hamlin. I saw a video of him going out to actual practice. So he was he was out there practicing. So oh, shout shit. out to him. I mean, you know, he, he's playing yeah. against. So. This Damn. whole time, so I've, I've wondered what his next move was. Like, whether he's going to take a year off, right? Focus on his health. I know he's been a huge advocate uh, in the community lately, uh, which, yeah. you know, he's been doing that even before his injury. But. All right, interesting. So he started practicing. So he was out there on yeah. the field. Yeah, and we, last time I saw That's, him was last time I saw him was at the ESPYS. He was presenting an award uh, yeah. on behalf of uh, the medical team that helped him. So uh, and he was, you know, very emotional, crying on stage. Yeah. So. Uh, shout out to him, man. That, that was really dope. That was really dope. Yeah. yeah, I saw that out there. That's, that's scary, man, to go back out there. I'll say that, that yeah. takes some balls. I mean, hey, man, you got to be a warrior, it's, it's, dude. I think yeah, what makes like, it. I think what makes it like probably makes him feel a little bit comfortable too is like how much of a freak accident it was. It wasn't like some pre-existing condition that like came out. It's not like um, uh, like Chris Bosh, for example. Remember he had like towards the end of his career, he had all that the blood pressure, blood, blood clot yeah. issues and yeah. stuff. Like, thank God it's not something like that. Whereas it's something that was just such a freak accident that the odds of it happening again is probably very slim to none. So, yeah. hopefully. 
So the, the good thing is he has no pre-existing conditions that could cause it something like that to happen again. Yeah. And so we we're talking earlier about, you know, the quarterback, Javi Jobor going down in the in like early weeks of training camp. Um, have you guys seen anything or uh, what is your guys' opinion? Because Hard Knocks is about to come out. Uh, they announced that they're going to do the Jets. I think that's August 8th is when the first Hard Knocks is going to come out. Um, but also, I don't know if you guys seen any of this thing on Netflix, the Netflix quarterbacks. Now, I heard about oh, it. I haven't, seen, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything about it. Um, but obviously, you know, with Hard Knocks, with the Jets, obviously Aaron Rodgers is a big trade, big acquisition. I think he, he officially signed this year. Uh, let me let me look up on Twitter real quick. He officially signed. I, I saw uh, Yeah, he got put an out. extension. Yeah. He put an so, extension. I forgot the exact so Who are the three quarterbacks in the show right now? I know Kirk Cousins. Yeah. You got Patty Mahomes. And there's another one I was featured Marcus Mariotto. Marcus Mariotto. Number oh, one pick. Mariotto, so Mariotto. the way they kind of framed it is like kind of a top – Quarterback with your Patrick Mahomes, kind of middle of the road, Kirk Cousins, and kind of Marcus Merida, who's trying to you know come back to that starting position. Um, I, Julian, I'll go to you. Like, how, how, uh, if you had to pick a, a show to be interested in, which show would you prefer to watch? Um, I've heard a lot of good things from quarterbacks, but you know, Hard Knocks uh, has a big name like Aaron Rodgers. So, um, uh, how do you feel about like that kind of structure, like a three quarterback structure, kind of top, middle, bottom tier kind of? Um, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't know too much about it. I mean, I heard that it was good and people were talking about it. I haven't seen any of it yet. Um, but I do think it's time for like NFL films to come out with something different. I mean, they've been doing hard knocks for over 20 years now. Um, so I think it's uh, cool to see them like do something different again um, and kind of maybe not just focus so much on one team or one storyline. It's kind of branching out to like, you know, I guess the people that you want to see. I mean, not everybody's going to be a Jets fan. And now it seems like they're going to have to kind of do something, too. with Because I don't know if you guys remember, they had a hard time getting uh, teams to want to participate in Hard Knocks now. Yeah. I guess a lot of teams are not wanting to do it. And they kind the Jets kind of settled with it, which is kind of rare. Because usually owners want to do it because of the extra money. But I don't know if maybe it's just not yeah, worth it anymore. Get, I don't know exactly and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know if it's just not worth it anymore. And I think too, a lot of the times NFL wants to get the big market teams like your Cowboys, your Los Angeles, your New Yorks or whatever. So but um no, I I think I would be more interested in like the quarterback thing because one, I'm not a Jets fan. I, even though I do think this hard knocks might be kind of interesting because you do have a really good team. Um and you kind of have an interesting storyline with Aaron Rodgers leaving for a new team for the first time in his career. Um so that it might be the first time I actually peeped this uh, hard knocks in a while, but the idea of the quarterback concept sounds a little bit more interesting to me just because the fact that it's a newness and it's fresh and it's, it's different. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I, I'd want them to do like more shit. I think they really should. I, I used to love the, um, I don't know if you guys ever watched it, but the, like a football life on like NFL network, those used to be really no. good. That's what I learned about like Kirk cousins story. I mean, I ended up watching the movie that came out of him recently um america's underdog or something like that um but i kind of knew about that because the on nfl network they did like a football life and those are really good like hour documentaries almost like an espn 30 for 30 um that was really interesting so but i think nfl i mean they got tons of storylines that they they really should utilize it you know start reaching out to i mean we all know like even though nfl was the first ones to do like this reality show kind of documentary style with hard knocks well but it was only really popular within NFL fans. But now with like Drive to Survive and all that stuff with F1, what they did with Netflix, 
they realized they were able to bring something out even beyond what just their normal fan base is. And I think now NFL is trying to do that with the popular names that they have. Yeah. And, you, know, I, you cut out, Jojo. I said they uh, gave oh, the reach out to your boy, Dylan Hurts, um, and he actually turned it down. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, when. That. I think sometime last season. But he yeah. was just, I guess, you know, focused on, on the season and, you know, playoffs and just, you know, you know, the Super Bowl overall. Um, but, yeah, that's interesting, right? And, you know, this guy uh, – He's definitely like dedicated just just to his team, and he didn't want any distractions in regards to that. So is it throughout the previous season? It's basically follow the the show's about following them over this past season. Uh, yeah. So there's I think there's like seven or eight episodes out already. It's kind of following the storyline uh, uh, from the past season to to now. I don't think it's gonna go through. Like it's already out, so it's not like it's gonna go through. Uh, but you kind of kind of see their family, you know, uh, them talk, you know, with their families, the off seasons, uh, stuff like that. So it, it's not current. It's not like it's yeah, gonna it's not like every hard week. knocks. Yeah, it's not like yeah, hard it's knocks. Not like, well, that, it would have like been dope if you would have seen like uh, videos of, or inside stuff of you know the matchup between Mahomes and Hurts. You know, yeah. seeing each other in the Super Bowl that that would have been cool if he actually like, accepted it and then. You know, we get to see a b- more behind the scenes action on that. Yo, by the way, did they? Um, are they still gonna do the in season hard knocks? I know they started that like, I think last year, the year before, with like the Colts. Are they still doing that? That in season because I know I it was mostly about preseason and about the bubble guys, but I know yeah. they started doing an in season one. Um, I think they're still gonna do the actual in season hard knocks. I don't know if they're doing in season hard. I don't know the pre pre uh, preseason. Hard knocks, maybe the first couple weeks, but I don't think that you know that usually doesn't last all, all year all year long. I don't think so, because uh, that would be like uh, like it would have to come out like two weeks after or three weeks after. I mean, you got to edit it, so it's kind of hard to do it on the fly. Like you're just editing storylines on the fly. Um, but you know what I wish they would do, um, and I think so far it's been honestly to me it's been the best like sports documentary kind of like thing they've done. Have you guys watched Welcome to Wrexham? Oh, I heard. Yeah, I've heard about that. I haven't. I haven't watched it. But it's I heard very, about it. very good. To me, it's it's probably the best sports documentary, like show documentary thing that they're like of a current team that I've watched so far. It's super good. I don't know if you guys know the story of Wrexham, but it's basically like Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney from. Um, yeah. They basically Always purchased sorry. a team from um, a fifth division football team from England. And they basically like go through the process of like basically completely restructuring this team and trying to push them towards promotion. It's yeah. it's a really good and like the approach they take is not so much the team, but more so about like the community and like the fan base that surrounds the team, the town of Wrexham. And uh, I think that'd be cool if NFL or whoever did something more similar to that. Maybe yes, you follow the team, but then you also sprinkle in like what makes the team so popular which is the fans that support them and kind of following their storylines and they i'm if you guys haven't watched it even if you're not a soccer fan like it's just a really good like sports story and they're going to come out season two because the season's obviously over and they're gonna what platform it's on hulu 
Hulu? Hulu. Hulu. Oh. Um, I, Hulu. I, I think it's interesting. Hulu's me. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting uh, to me, really uh, A, I, I think going through the, you know, the pandemic, one of the biggest things was like Ted Lasso, right? <laughs> it was kind of like this fake story yeah. about this American guy going to England. Um, and also, I think it's like part of this trend, like we talk about the sports, right? They're, they're, Netflix is doing this thing about quarterbacks. Uh, you talk about uh, Welcome to Wrexham, uh, which is big and popular, you know, I guess for soccer fans. Introducing, it's it's like a platform uh, to introduce my, American my fans to soccer. Yeah. loved Welcome to Wrexham. She doesn't even watch soccer. She's grown more into liking soccer. But like through watching things like Ted Lasso and watching Welcome to Wrexham, like I know countless people that have that aren't into soccer, but watch Welcome to Wrexham or like watching like Ted Lasso and find it super like interesting because it's not it's not about the sport at that point. It's about yeah. the, the storyline. Yeah. Like I, I always yeah, say Ted Lasso is not a sport. It's not a sports show. It's about it's getting you emotionally like, involved yeah. with the story, the play. which yeah. involved with the sport. And then, you know, mm-hmm. you just dive always. Like, even for me, like, you know, I'm not the biggest soccer fan out there, but I enjoy watching Ted Lasso, and I'm actually learning a lot from it. But it goes to show that, you know, someone that's, you know, coached a completely different sport, right? It, it's cohesive within sports, right? It's kind of like the same language. Um, it's about team building. And, and, you know? Yeah, and connect with your team and your players in the community. Uh, so I like that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. If you like Ted Lasso, you would like Welcome to Wrexham because Welcome to Wrexham is essentially like a real life. Yeah, I was gonna say it's fiction versus nonfiction. It's about American owners come purchase a team and it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I recommend anybody to watch. And you you learn a lot. Think that Ted Lasso was inspired by Welcome to Wrexham? No, that Ted Lasso happened first. Yeah. Welcome, uh, to Wrexham also, just came out. Welcome to Wrexham just came out. Recently. Welcome to Wrexham came out last October and it Got blew it. up in popularity because you have the names of Ryan Reynolds. And and the thing is, Ryan Reynolds is is a he's a big part of the show. And so is Rob. Rob McElhenney's more so part of the show than Ryan Reynolds. But, you know, having those star names, they actually they're not just like there to buy the team. They're actually like a part of a lot of the storylines in it. And it's it's cool because you follow the storyline of like Rob McElhenney and and uh, Ryan Reynolds, but then it also follows the story of like all the diehard supporters and like fans in Wrexham and the town of Wrexham and what the town is about and why it's like so historic because they essentially purchased the oldest team in the world. The the yeah. oldest sports team in the, or the second oldest sports team in the world. One of the oldest there Wrexham FC was like founded in like 1856 or something like that. So and they're trying to revive it because it was like at one point it was this historic team that everybody in Europe knew, but then it fell down the dumpsters over the past like four or five decades. And it's been middling at the fifth division of English football tier. So it, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, yeah. And it, they just started doing U.S. tours and stuff of like doing the friendlies and stuff here in America. Yeah, I, 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 I wanted to bring it up because I was kind of interested, too, talking about also, you know, Netflix has that F1 story, which is kind of like, it, it's not live, like, they don't do it week by week. Like, you kind of know, by the time the show comes out, you already know the results of, like, the races, and they're showing, like, the... Yeah, the it, it's after the season, it's post-season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so um, I, I, I'm kind of interested in, like, that and how... Uh, all of a sudden, all these streaming services are interested in like sports stories. Um, uh, you know, you bring up Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is a huge businessman. Uh, you know, I know him just through movies, but um, I'm you know looking at his on his business side. Like he had Aviation Gin, uh, which he uh, is a company he sold. I know he has that Mint Mobiles. You know, we saw him on the Super Bowl with those Mint Mobiles. Dude's Mobile in like every YouTube yeah. commercial imaginable. Um, he obviously put in a bid for uh, uh, Wrexham AFC, which he, he got. He put in a bid for the Ottawa uh, Center, the 
hockey team, and he has a partnership or a fellowship with the uh, F1 Alpine. So he's kind of an interesting dude. Uh, you know, he really has business outside of you know outside of like movies uh, and stuff. Oh, so wow. I, 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 I just think. Yeah, I just kind of it's just interesting. Like, uh, how I knew he had the into- aviation thing, which was big. I knew he was a part of the aviation. I didn't know he was a part of Alpine F1 team and the Senators. Yeah, in June two thousand three. So, uh, and obviously 20th- all the movie stuff. And oh, and I knew the Mint Mobile because he's like literally yeah. on every YouTube ad imaginable. Yeah. So I don't know. I just found that interesting. Uh, the way you know all these streaming services, whatever. That's that's it for football. We can move on. Uh, actually, you know what? We're not going to move on because uh, Georgia. You want to talk about Hackett? There's a little Hackett trash talk. Uh, something that Listen, piqued man. your interest. Listen, Hackett. So what happened? I didn't know what happened. Yeah, you got to tell me. You got to explain. No, listen, listen. Simple terms, man. Hackett was getting interviewed, and basically, he he just came at. I'm sorry, not Hackett. Not Sean Payton was getting Sean interviewed uh, okay. of like expectations, right? Of you know the Broncos this season. How was the coaching last season? And what are you gonna do more important? He basically just called out Hackett, and I quote: "It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL." Because if you actually look at what the Broncos gave to get. Russell Wilson, right? And you didn't get your return on investment in, uh, in, you know, for that season. And it all started with that first game going way back to Seattle. We saw all the mishaps, right? The play calling, the time management, lack of leadership. And we knew from, <laughs> well, I was being optimistic, but everyone else kind of saw like, hey, this this isn't going to work. So disorganized. You know, now, we, now we got the general coming in, uh, yep, just to, to fix things off. And, you know, Stephen A actually went off uh, defending, you know, Sean, Sean Payne's statements, and that's what we need, right? We need, we need to spark that fire uh, coming into the season. So I think this was a great way to get, you know, Bronco fans rallied and excited. Um, but, yeah, man, just call out the bullshit, right? Like, we all know what it is. Like, you know, still he kept it professional, but – you know, it was it was terrible. Like it was a terrible job. Like you had all the pieces you needed: young defense, uh, young receivers, young running backs. Uh, just couldn't make it happen. I always said that guy was a fraud. I called. I never understood how he got a coaching job because I know Nathaniel Hackett. He was the offensive coordinator for the Jags in that Saxonville season. There's a reason why that season is called Saxonville. And not Touchdownville. It's not, <laughs> his claim to fame was building up Blake Bortles. That was his claim. But Blake Bortles never was anything. He never turned into anything. If anything, Blake Bortles cost, was the reason why they didn't win the Super Bowl that year. And he went on to then be the offensive coordinator for the, the Packers. And let's be real. Mike LaFleur was the one – Matt LaFleur was the one that's – really pulling the strings, calling the plays. He, he's the mastermind. And then you also have Aaron Rodgers who can audible and do things and figure out things on his own. Fucking Nathaniel Hackett was just there with a thumb up his ass with holding a tablet. Like, let's be real. Like he wasn't doing shit. Like I, I never understood that hire of getting Hackett. And then meanwhile, you could have got Doug Peterson. They didn't even interview him. <laughs> a Super Bowl winning coach, but then you hire a guy who literally has no claim to fame. So I knew that guy was going to be off. Is he the worst quarter, worst coach in NFL history? Uh, I think Urban Meyer would like to have a word. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. NFL. 
I don't. I mean, but I will say Nathaniel Hackett is probably a close second because, I mean, it was the thing was Nathaniel Hackett was just dumb. He just he was not ready to be a coach. He had no experience. He should have never been in that position. Urban Meyer was a con man. Urban Meyer made you think that he knew what he was doing, that he he you he made you 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 realize that he was an asshole, he was a dick, he didn't know anything, he thought he was smart, the smartest guy in the room, he would yell at everybody, all this other shit. Meanwhile, he's entering something that he's never been a part of. And and honestly, like him coming to the NFL just exposed how much of a fraud that he really was. And all he ever was was just a recruiter. He, was, listen, he knew how to sway kids in their yeah. living rooms with their parents. He was and a recruiter some, at the end of the day. He was some, never a football mind. He was never a mastermind. He was never all this. He ended up just being a fucking fraud. And he thought he can my way or the highway in the NFL. And his shit just didn't work out. At the end of the day, he had grown men. that was just like, you going to tell me what to fucking just some, some quick notes. So obviously Nathaniel Hackett got hired by the Jets. So that's going to be interesting because we, you know, full circle. We're talking about hard knocks. That'll be interesting to watch. Um, Urban Meyer, didn't they announce they're going to do like a, a doc? Is it going to be a 30 for 30 for the 2000 uh, UF Gators? Did, did they announce that? Is that a story yes. I've been hearing? You mean the 06? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Back to back. Yeah, with Tim T- the Tim Tebow year. Yeah, 08, 09, yeah. I believe. I think. What's what's the name of it? Swamp something? The Swamp. They're coming out with that. Dude, that was a, that's yeah, a crazy yeah, yeah. story. Kings, I mean, Swamp especially. Kings. Growing up in Jack, growing up in Jacksonville, and like being around diehard Gator fans, and basically being in Gator country, like I remember that shit as a kid. Like those years were like electric for like Gator fans. But then, like everybody, I remember everybody just looking past like everything with all that's going on. The, um, oh my god. Aaron Hernandez, he had issues in college. Um, was that Percy Harvin? Was it that team? Percy Harvin. Um, he had countless uh, defensive players. I cannot think at the moment because it was. I mean, that was like fucking fifteen I years. Can, ago I'll pull now. up. I'll pull up some of the rosters while you talk. But yeah, I mean that team was insane. You go back and look at that roster, you're like, holy shit! Like that was one hell of a team. But then it was a team that had a lot of issues, a ton of issues. And I think and in a doctor, it was all hided by a controversy. Yeah, when it was all hided by Tim Tebow. Yeah. Ever when and then you go back and look at it, like Tim Tebow held that team together like fucking glue. It wasn't Urban Meyer at all. We got like, Chris and I Leak. Think that's what. <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking down licks. Chris Leak, that's a name I recognize. Tim Tebow, AJ Jones. No, Chris Leak won it. No, Chris Leak won it in 06. The year yeah. they went back to back was 08, 09. Deshaun Wynn, like Reggie Lewis. I'm trying to think of name. I'm just looking at Jermaine McCollum. I'm just looking up names as I go down the list. But yeah, you I mean. the right team. Yeah. That, Chris so. Leak was the 06 year. That, they won it that year in 06 with Chris Leak, and Tim Tebow was like a freshman. But then when Tim, in 0809, that was the years Tim Tebow started. Oh, they, they, and that's when they, they went back to back. Okay, then no. I was just going down the list. I was just doing quick research. Man, I'm done on a fly. People, Man, talk about somebody whose career success, turned into nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the, the 2000s were like the year for the Gators. Nothing yeah, ever yeah. since then. They've been awful since Alabama just took over and ran away with it. But, yeah, uh, I, I think that's kind of yeah, interesting. I was seeing the downfall yeah. of Alabama. Thank God. It looks like it's going to be the rise of Georgia. Yo, is there a projected right. date on the release for that, for that doc? Uh, Swamp Kings. Uh, let me, I'm on the actual note. What 
the Netflix site, August 22nd. That's actually going to come out August 22nd. Uh, does it say how many Next episodes? Month. Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow, and uh, the Swamp of University of Florida. How many episodes? I don't know. It's on Netflix or is it an ESPN? Netflix. It is a Netflix. Oh, yeah. Netflix. Nice. But, you know, come full circle. We're talking about documentaries and sports and stuff. So I, I don't know. I will say, I think Netflix, that's the best shit they do is documentaries. Like, you look back and think about the best shit Netflix has ever made. It's been fucking documentaries. Tiger King out here. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, that was a moment. F1. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget Tiger King. All right. Yo, you should be in that. Let's talk about what uh, Julian wants to talk about most because obviously he's wearing a shirt. He has that hot pink. It's hot in South Florida. He's wearing that hot pink. Let's talk about Dry Pink Stadium, the biggest acquisition in South Florida. The biggest acquisition in South Florida since, I don't know. The biggest acquisition in America. America. Since LeBron James? Since LeBron James? I don't know. It's not even close. I'm talking about South Florida. I don't care about America. I'm talking about South Florida. If it's the biggest in America, it's bigger than South Florida. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Like, saying... LeBron's entrance to Miami was bigger than Messi's is disrespectful. All right, it just so is. He, we're, we're gonna get our first thoughts right here because Julian's after until, we record until this. Until I see a ring, until yeah. I see a ring at Dry Pink Stadium, do I, it in the playoff. Do it in the playoff, listen, man. Anyway, <laughs> but let's talk about it. Hey, I just want to give a shout out also Real Fans FC because he hasn't recorded it yet. So we're getting our first thoughts. We're getting the raw Ooh. Julian first thoughts. Messi acquisition. Listen, I was a hater. I was like, listen, when I see him in a uniform, I'll believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. And guess what? I saw it. It's happened. All right. They played a couple. They played a couple games. He scored a couple goals. Julian, I'm gonna let you go off real quick. I know you're gonna do a podcast after this. You're gonna do the actual soccer podcast, real fans FC. But give us your first thoughts on Messi. So I was one of the few lucky twenty-two thousand people that can say that they were there at Lionel Messi's entrance to the United States. And um, it's funny. I've been hearing everybody say, like, you know, everybody in South Florida is going to say that they were there over the next, like, couple of years. <laughs> like, everybody in South Florida is going to say they're yeah. there. I- I'm going to say <laughs> I was there. And, you know, I was... I'm like, good with the TV, bro. I'm watching away, on TV. George is going to use my video I sent him. He's like, bro, this is me taking this. <laughs> no, but it was incredible. You couldn't ask for a better debut. It was, it was magic, man. Like, it was... It, it was literally – you, you couldn't write it any better. I mean, everybody's been saying it was scripted. It's like a, this thing was scripted. It really – like, it felt like it was. I mean, the team took a lead, 1-0. Messi comes in after halftime around the 55th minute. The, the crowd just starts roaring, like, with Messi going in. Just Messi chants. I mean, the, the place was electric. It was one of the best atmospheres I've ever seen. Probably the best. It was insane. Like, the passion – was ridiculous um he comes in and just he's there's something about watching somebody who's the best to ever do it in person was almost like a spiritual experience like i'm not oh even bullshitting gosh. close to jesus it, it was, <laughs> no but like, like for real though strike out trout and i'm yeah there, like okay yeah out of that, body <laughs> it's, it's the baseball it's, guys it's the soccer guys it's it's on <laughs> it's it's unreal and especially like it, I mean, there's a reason why it's called the beautiful game. It's just We're watching it. This is like literally the name of it. It's like the <laughs> soccer is called the football is called the beautiful game. And it, like watching him play, it's like it's literally like a thing in magic. It's it, it's 
man, the way he passes, perfectly weighted passes, perfectly aimed shots, the vision, like just being his vision is unreal. It's like you think he has eyes in the back of his head, like being able to see somebody and then curl the ball over cross field and be directly at their feet with a perfect lead for them to then. It's it's like watching a guy at work that it's the best to ever do it. And as somebody I've watched a lot of soccer games in person, obviously I've watched like probably over a hundred messy games on TV. I've watched them a ton on TV, but watching him in person is something it's different. different. It's like, it's, it's, it's <laughs> genuinely different. It's like, it's like, how the fuck did he see that? How did he do that? It's, it's literally magic. It's, it's insane. This is how people and, felt watching Jordan back in the day. Like this is how they yes, describe you know what? Back in I want to bring that up. I want to bring right? it because, like, you know, you can tell just by watching him, you can tell he's the best yeah. person on the field. Yeah. Like, you can tell. like The moment he touches the yeah. ball, it's like there's a certain fear that's instilled in, like, every player on that field, on that yeah. pitch. And I've seen the video. It's not like, to cut you off because I'm enjoying the story. But, you know, just even watching off Instagram, him setting up his teammates, you know, his, like you said, his touches, right, and his passing. And I'm just like. Yo, this isn't fair, bro. Like you can, <laughs> you you got can a see the, the, the difference level in talent, right? Just based off fundamentals and the the way he's just carrying himself on the field, like no sweat, like he's cruising. Oh, got the man over there. Look, something that looks so complicated, right? Like he's passing the ball with like this amount of space in between people. Like you could see. So I, I can imagine what you're seeing live or what you saw live. Yeah, and it's what, what what's always get gets me too, and I love about like watching like some of the best like number tens like attacking midfielders in the world or ever is just like how like perfectly like weighted balls are for like the strikers or the wingers up top. It's like being able to like see somebody like see a lane and see a channel to lead it through on a tight window, and then it'd be the perfect amount of weight to just be directly in front of the net for the, the person then who's going to score the goal to be set up perfectly to do whatever they want. And, and then too, he, he just elevates everybody. Like, I mean, I've seen, I've watched every game from this team since its inception. So I'm a day one. I've been here since the beginning, like and seeing, and seeing these players completely (laughs) elevate themselves to a level and like seeing Messi be like a general and like coach people out there. He's like, when you see me coming, I, I want so you I to cross over and watch the second lane. Like he's he's even telling people where to pass, like over there. Or like the dudes, he's thinking five steps ahead of everybody. And then on top of that, you have longtime teammate Sergio Busquets, who is arguably probably well, he's for sure the greatest center defensive midfielder in our generation. The dude has immaculate vision. And having him combine with Messi. Dude, it was like, I mean, I guess for you guys, it's like it's like uh, Jordan and Pippen. It was like they knew where each other were going to be before they were even there. They were finishing each other's sentences. Yeah, because I mean, these guys boost the rest of the MLS, yeah. man. Like, yeah, that, and these guys like Busquets and Messi, man. Like they've been playing together since they were like teenagers, and like they just separated when Messi went to PSG. And now my Messi comes here, Busquets leaves Barcelona to come over here. And it's like they weren't even separated for two years. And like, I always heard this great quote and uh, I actually like it. And I, I tried it out and it's like, holy shit, they're right. It's like, you can watch a game and not notice Busquets is there, but then you can watch Busquets and see the whole game. And it's yeah. like, 
And you're right. So I like I spent like a good like 15 minutes of just following Busquets, not even following the ball. And you're basically watching the game. Like the guy just knows positionally well. He sees things like he's essentially like an extension of Messi, just farther back, playing from the back and bringing it forward to then feed to Messi, then the Messi bring it up to the top. And just seeing those two like combine. I look. I was a big and uh, people who watch Real Fans FC. I was saying, man. <laughs> Who's gets he's too old. I, I have somebody who I'm a Barcelona fan. I, I I fell in love with soccer through watching Barcelona. I was like, I watched Busquets last season. I'm like, this dude just doesn't have it left. But the way that they're setting up this team here in Miami, they're giving him, they're putting runners around him, and that's what I was worried. Was like, oh shit, like how are they going to keep up? Like how's he going to keep up? And then they're putting runners around him, but then. Yeah, goes to the second game that they just played against Atlanta and just absolutely wiped the floor with Atlanta. Destroyed him 4 nothing, And he's, like, turning this team that was one of the worst in the league to now easily one of the most dangerous teams, like, you do not want to face on this continent. <laughs> I, mean, Yo, like, I mean, like, yeah, what what else would you expect? <laughs> Yo, Robbie and, uh, Taylor. And for those... Game, Messi had two goals and two assists, right? Yeah. And his teammate had those two goals. Robbie Taylor? I don't know. He had two name. goals and one assist, yeah. and Robert Taylor had two goals and one assist that game. Yeah. Oh, I've it, always it. been a huge Robert Taylor fan. I've always loved Robert Taylor before Messi's came. I always thought this guy is good. He's Neymar light. He's like obviously not Neymar, but he's like <laughs> yeah. Neymar light. And seeing and I called it like on Real Fans FC. You can go back. I was like, bro, this guy is going to light it up with Messi because he he brings me elements of what Neymar was back at Barcelona. And I'm like, when he combines with Messi, that's just just gonna work. And then, sure enough, I let you hear uh, Messi scores twice, gets the brace, and then uh, Robert Taylor hits an incredible volley off the left side of the post and just straight up to the top of the net. And then he comes one run, bro. He ran 12 seconds. He ran yeah, the they ran field fast. Oh, that break. That, you talking about that break? Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. the final goal, man. He ran that whole field in 12 seconds and then to finish insane toward like uh, um, uh, it's awesome. And I was I was telling all my friends that I work with over at the stadium, like Robert Taylor's undroppable. And then when he put I, I was saying that before this past game and then this past game, he, he bags in two goals. And I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. And then this isn't even over. The team is still adding some like we just got Busquets and Messi. Yeah. There's still Jordi Alba who's to come, which obviously longtime Barcelona teammate of Messi and Busquets on the left bat. And now you have three young studs from South America that are coming. One is the, one of the um, most promising defenders in Argentina coming over here, purchased them for $9 million coming over here. Then there's an, another left winger from Argentina who is one of the top prospects coming out of there. And then you got a guy from Paraguay who is a, another big prospect in the central midfield. So it's like you're there's still four more players to add yeah. to this team. And this team is already fucking looking deadly as shit. Um, obviously no MLS games have been played yet. This is leagues cup. This is like the March madness tournament. I was telling you guys about between Liga MX and MLS. Yeah. So they just, with this win against Atlanta, they advanced to the round of 32. Um, if you okay, get in so the third place, that was the first yeah. game of the tournament. Yeah, the first yeah. 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 Messi, Messi pretty much opened the tournament. And yeah. if you get the top three in this tournament, um, 
you get automatic qualifications yeah. into the Champions League. Hey, yeah, you guys have like, a shot, the- and then having Messi there to go into Champions League, like holy shit for Inter yeah. Miami. Like, and to, to yeah. put in a- and then and then it's not even that we could possibly get the treble, like the, uh, at least the double, because Inter Miami is still in the U.S. Open Cup, which is basically a domestic cup um, from all levels of the pyramid in U.S. soccer. The winner of the whole tournament. Gets also qualifies to the Champions League, and we're in the semifinals in that, and then we're not going to play the semifinals until late August, whenever, because they kind of play that tournament sporadically throughout the season. Um, so we're still in that one, and we could make a run on this. It's like we can get the double, get two cups this uh, this season after being the worst team, and then I genuinely think there's a shot we can make the playoffs. Like, we're 10, we're out of 12 games, there's 12 games left in the season, we have to win eight of them. Ellie, we have to get at least to get eight wins and one tie to get, to get in. Yeah, to, to get a chance, yeah, because as people were, like, averaging out what it takes to get in the ninth wins. place. Yeah. And uh, you know, so you I was know what skeptical I'm at, right at now, first. Right? I'm looking at uh, some Inter-Miami tickets. You you might yeah. see me on one of the games, <laughs> bro. I like I gen, like I, I recommend if you can try to go. I know it's expensive. Um, this past week, like yeah. they didn't sell out, and a lot of people think it's because the ticket prices are too high. I mean, even the team was selling it for one eighty, and that's before you what Ticketmaster throws whatever fucking fees they like to put on there and then tax. So they brought down the ticket prices a little bit more. This, They're around uh, right now, this up- uh, one one thirty two, one thirty eight, uh, for the next yeah. few games. Yeah, that, so that's for the next game, I think bad. it's Wednesday. That's not bad. That's not bad. You know, and it's they not do bad, have to but they still, they still are, needs to. It still needs to be super lower. City. Yes, super expensive yeah, and city. I understand the messy effect. And plus, you got to travel yeah. to North. These locals are not going to pay four hundred dollars to go to a yeah, yeah, and that's gotta like that, yeah. And that's like a whole other discussion because it's getting like you don't want to get to the point where this team just turns into like a tourist trap to yeah. where you're building no real support outside of the people that already have who were lucky enough and were already fans. Not, I don't even say lucky, but people who already supported the team and they have season tickets for the rest of the year. Um, but you you don't want to fill up the stadium with people who don't care about the team or, or just hear from Argentina just to watch them play and then go back home like you but want I think the local fans that locally you know buy season tickets who can't afford season mm-hmm. tickets who enjoyed going yeah to the you're game pricing them out months. you know what i mean yeah like that's your support and then right? Those are like, and then there are you know, one blue yeah draw, so yeah and i've been seeing i follow inner miami twitter so there's a lot of fans out there that are like they're just they're they're priced out like people who maybe went to like every other game they don't want to buy yeah. season tickets but they they go to a games a lot like somebody like my girlfriend for example she likes to go to the games a lot but now it's kind of like it's priced out like that's a lot and then if you're talking about like the standard family of four like a guy like your dad you want to bring your wife and your two kids i mean you're talking about five hundred dollars and those are the probably more just to take your and then we're not you even talking parking, about parking food they, yeah. they increase the par- they increase the parking prices to seventy dollars on the on the line. Shit, seventy dollars. That's it's unheard insane. of. I don't care. It doesn't matter what sport, what what stadium. That's what ridiculous. Seventy bucks for parking. The max. And if you go, it's like thirty, forty dollars. Twenty, yeah, for, twenty like, for a Dolphins game. And that's right? what it was. It used to be seventeen bucks for the lot. It used to be seventeen bucks. Now you're talking about seventy dollars. It's, 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 it's a. 
it's getting out of hand and i think they're starting to notice it because like i said they've started to drop the prices i don't know what the parking is going to be like for this next game on wednesday for the round of 32 game but like yeah i mean dude it's insane it's ridiculous i I want to counter cheaper i want to counter what julian says because guess what like you have the spectacle, okay? You got the the greatest player in the world. He's playing great. He's shooting all these shots, whatever, three goals in two days, whatever. He only played 100 minutes, three goals, or whatever. I don't know what the stat is. <laughs> 114 Insane. minutes and three goals and two okay. assists. You, you, you got to ride that way. Listen, as much as – I know how you're saying, like, you know, I hope this grows the actual team because, you, A, you're talking about growing the team. But overall, you're growing the sport, right? You're, you're grabbing attention. For right now, in the middle of the summer – there's no NFL being played. There's no, you know, the Marlins are playing right now. Oh, but I think right now, Inter, Inter, right now, Inter Miami has the attention of South Florida. So, like, that comes at a sacrifice, right? You say, hey, you want to grow the sport, have actual real fans who actually love the team, go there. I say, at, ride the wave. You have all the attention. MLS, you have the worst team in the MLS. They have the worst record. They're fighting for whatever, ninth place or whatever place they're going to fight to barely get into the playoffs. You have all the attention. And... The team has to ride the wave as a marketing kind of thing. Like I said, you have, um, you know, I, mean, I know I, you, I understand. I understand that like you're trying to grow the team, but this gives you attention but, to maybe possibly grow the team. You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah, but that, you like, also, I also think not, that you have, you have to get that. to the point where you don't want it to be like Messi retires and then we're back to where we were. It's like True. you want to build fandom and the the people that live here that are here locally that are priced out and can't go to the games. That's where you build that. At the end of the day, Messi's only going to be here for two and a half years. And like you said, you're putting people in a position who would have never watched soccer that now they're like, oh, Messi's here. It's an event. But then they but then they look at the price and they're like, well, I can't go. And then. Who's this? You might have lost that kid who was five years old, whose dad took him to a game because that made me never watch soccer. But he's like, well, shit, we got to see Messi. Now that kid was inspired to play because he saw he saw what I saw. You know what I mean? But no. you're My missing out on that chin. Was like you said it wasn't sold out. That That's the issue right there. I don't care how much you want to put these tickets for. Like the the goal is to sell out the state. You want people. Exactly. The, fill the seats. Yeah. So if you have the greatest player to ever play and there are missing seats because the tickets are too expensive, like, are you really like justifying like is, you know, it, it doesn't it doesn't balance. Right. You can have five hundred dollar yeah. tickets. You're making the money, but you have more people watching at home that would rather be there, but they can't afford to be there. Yeah. yeah, and they, even they, like resellers, like it's that. not even worth for the resellers to buy tickets and resell because they're so expensive. It's like no one's going to buy my resale ticket, which and, in a way I kind of like, but in another aspect, it like it shows how expensive the tickets are. Julian, and I want to talk to uh, what you said earlier, like how you're discussing, like, yo, I can watch this thing on TV. Like, I'm in, I'm in Austin, Texas. I can watch this thing on TV and I'd be like, yo, I can see greatness. But to actually see it in person, like, it's a whole different experience. So, like, yeah. you, this is like a kind of a, like a once in a lifetime kind of thing, the best player in the world, historic player. And I, icon a legend to actually see him in person like it's a different it's a whole different feel so you know kind of combining what you said earlier with what joe was talking about it's like you gotta fill that stadium because like this is like jordan this is you know whatever you want to say jordan lebron you want to say i don't know uh serena william i don't know the greatest players icons history makers 
like th- this is a time to actually watch the sport and grab their attention and 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 kind of like hey we're we're witnessing greatness if I can say that that's yeah and I mean MLS and just soccer is in such a unique position because look you sign Messi now next summer you're having the second largest tournament the third we'll say second to third largest tournament in the world in Copa America which essentially is a mini World Cup on this side of the hemisphere is going to be hosted in the United States which most likely is going to have a game here, and Messi's probably going to star for it for Argentina. A massive thing. Then in 2025, you have the Club World Cup, which essentially all the biggest clubs in the world, which is what you, if you win the Champions League, you qualify for the Club World Cup, is going to be here hosted in America. And then in 2026, you have the World Cup. So it's like you have this four-year span where you need to get as much fandom as you can. You are in a unique proposition that you will probably never have, ever, in this country so it's like you have to take advantage of it and and i i still think it's like like i i genuinely believe like how you inspire fans and like kids and people who want to play and watch the sport is like like i said it's one thing to watch it on tv and i fell in love with sports watching it through tv don't get me wrong but like when you see it in person and you see it, it's like oh shit like i want to be that guy like and I think, yeah, if you're just pricing out everybody to where it's just a bunch of celebrities or like rich people all over South Florida, Kim Kardashian, it's just the place to be. <laughs> I mean, the place yeah, to be. You're building like did that with the Miami Heat, man. That's why it was like, not to interrupt you, Julian, but Miami is such a bandwagon sports city. And but here's not, where the Miami Heat kept people like Gabe and like, and I don't want to say Gabe. Gabe's been a Miami fan forever, but I'm saying people who maybe like kids who grew up during that like Wade era. The reason yeah. why they kept those, I think the one exception with the Heat was that they consistently kept on winning. Even once after 2014, they still, they weren't contenders, but they were still pushing for playoffs. Winning they were still good. Out, outside of that Michael Beasley uh, second overall draft pick year, like, Heat have always been kind of relevant. Who's to say, like, once Messi's gone, I think ownership, I trust the ownership here. With David Beckham and Jorge Moss to keep the team relevant and spend money. But, like, who's to say, like, after a bad season, like the track that we were on this season, who's to say that Low, happens yeah. two, two years after? Um, uh, what's it like? And, like you said, it's a very bandwagon thing. And yeah. if you don't have those diehard fans like me or the people in the supporter section, all the supporter groups that have been able to, those are going to be the people that stay no matter how bad, no the matter team what. Is. Yeah. If, you're not, if you're not able to grow that fan base, because you've only allowed the the wine and cheese crowd into the games, it's like how do you how do you build that unless yeah. you consistently stay relevant? But like you said, they can't even sell out the twenty two thousand because they're so damn expensive. Yeah, yeah, but, and, and we're here. We we're talking about hey, we need a bigger stadium because we're gonna have constant sellouts and people waiting outside. So to me, that was a surprise hearing that like the game like it might not sound like a don't get me wrong, with, it was full. Like, yeah, no, for it was, sure, for sure, it, it was like maybe. I don't know, ninety five percent, but yeah. at the end of the day, like you said, we have fucking messy. This is twenty two thousand seats. Yeah, that shit should not have a seat available for the rest of the yeah. fucking year. People should be like, jumping over fences to get inside. Yeah, that's what I. That's kind of what I was like envisioning. Like people jumping over fences trying to get in. Um, Dude, people are waiting outside on Ticketmaster till last minute, and I, I heard a, a lady she Just got in for. Yeah, she she got in. She was waiting outside. Um, and she got in for like 70 bucks, oh, literally shit. like five minutes before kickoff. And she was just sitting there on Ticketmaster because, you know, you get all these resellers like shit. Like I bought these things for fucking 
$200 and I could sell it for 500 and then whatever. I got to get something back. But I've been seeing people do that, but the team, I think minimum, minimum that, I mean, it should be what it was before. I I would want to see tickets got to at least be 90 bucks. Like, come on, like at least let people in. We should have done that for the NBA finals. We should have just waited outside of Kaseya. <laughs> just see if that's a good job. Maybe. You never know. Speaking of that, I do wanna I do wanna ask your guys finish. opinions. Have you guys watched any of the games? Do you plan on watching it? I know you guys got T Mobile. Get your MLS season pass. I know. Uh, I watch on Univision. I watch on Univision. That's all I watch on. I don't have Yo, people, so listen, I don't check it. No, no, I don't have it. You guys are going to get me soon. You know, T-Mobile Tuesdays calling my name. They're promoting Messi. I get to watch, you know, every game free on Apple TV. And I'm this close to subscribing, man. They, you, I'm, I'm almost there, man. I'm like, I'm like right you there. You got to do it, man. You got to watch game. it. One more game passes by. Let me see a little more hype. Look, there, there's a good chance that we might face Orlando in the round of 32. And that game's going to be wild and going to be insane. It's your rival. If we face Orlando, you got to go. And Gabe... Download Apple TV on your TV or your pot, whatever, because that shit's on any smart TV. I, I can hook you up with something. Right, I got we'll like talk, extra we'll, shit. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll oh, talk after this. You, I, you, need, you need to watch. You need to watch. And also, too, Gabe, even sometimes they do free games. A lot of times they do. And now with Messi, yeah. they're probably going to be a good amount of free games on Apple TV, just like they do with MLB. You Because a lot of people don't realize you just need to have an Apple account and you can get into Apple TV and watch like yeah. free episodes and watch free games and shit. Cause I used to watch the MLB Friday night thing before I even subscribed to Apple TV. It was just there for free. They just want you on the, the app yeah. and they'll give away some free games every week. There's like, they'll, they'll tell you like on MLS Twitter, there's like what games free or whatnot. But then obviously to get into everything, you gotta uh, subscribe. And again, but to bring it full T-Mobile, circle, right? I have T-Mobile. I do have T-Mobile. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, go to your Talo T-Mobile Tuesday yeah. app. It's right there. Listen, that's all I got. Yo, shout out T-Mobile Tuesday. Last five seasons of MLB. Saved you. For free. <laughs> for free. Got to watch every Yankee game. I'll say, I'm bring on the road. It. I'm at work. I'm in the shower. I got it playing on my phone. You're going to say, bring it full circle. Apple TV. Probably, yeah. you know, they made a side deal. MLB. <laughs> I thought about MLB TV, but... I watch the Marlins mostly. That's like the only baseball team I watch. Well, that's local. That's on regular cable. Yeah, yeah it's on local on cable. So. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I thought about getting it, but I'm like, I don't really care to watch any other team like outside of the Marlins. So, and that's why they're on local TV. So I'm like, I'm just going that's why I haven't done it. I, but for you, it makes sense because, you know, you want to watch the Yankees. So it's the only way to really watch nah. every, every game. Also, I've been, I don't know, y'all. I've been seeing uh, ads already for YouTube because we talk about, I think, Previously on episodes before, we talked about the NFL being uh, on uh, what what app is it? Is YouTube, it on YouTube TV. YouTube TV. So I, I've been getting asked for that. Like, hey, sign up now, fifty dollars less of whatever. So <laughs> sign up now, dude. I would do that, but that shit's insane. Have you looked at the price for that shit? Like, yeah, it's like it's, for, yeah, it's, it's like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Get the for hell the out of here, bro. For seventeen weeks and not even playoffs. Wait, Sunday ticket. Can you watch every team, like every game? Yeah, you can watch every game and then you get the red zone. But I'm but like, three hundred dollars. I'd rather just get the red zone. Yeah, yeah, I'd be, I would be perfectly straight if I can just get red zone. But they won't let you do that. I, they really need to come out, and they probably won't ever do it. It's just a single team package. Like if I can just get like the Dolphins, 
all the Jags or yeah, Gabe gets all the Dolphins and then like Red Zone, that'd be perfect because I just want to watch my Jags and then Red Zone. I don't care about watching full-fledged games unless it's a prime time, yeah. like Monday night or Sunday night or whatever. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's talk real quick. Uh, World Cup, because World Cup's going on, uh, United, uh, United States women's national team. They just played last night uh, against uh, Sweden. Netherlands. Well, uh, Netherlands. 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 Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say Damas against Netherlands. Uh, they, I think their first game they played against Vietnam, which we – uh, then we won three to zero. But if you look at the, like the DraftKings or any of the sports books, whatever you wanted, it, there was like a six and a half point. That was the 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 line. They're they're projected to go. <laughs> yeah, they were supposed to win by like seven. Yes. eight goals apparently. Yeah, seven eight goals, but they you know went three zero and then. Three zero wasn't enough apparently to some people. Like that was trash talking. To Man, Vietnam out. had no shots and no shots on target. That's insane. Um, but not a single shot. Uh, but obviously they play last night again. Uh, they they tie it up one uh, one with a late yes. goal by Horan. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen. I'm gonna go to Julian because he's our he's our soccer expert. I don't know if he's been watching the Women's Cup. It's been tough. So last night last night they've been playing. You know they played at a decent hour. They play at like nine o'clock our time. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah, they try to line it up hour. for us. But yeah. most of the games are like four, three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. Kind of tough to watch, and they, they they'll replay it later, like on Fox and whatever, uh, Direct TV and stuff. But um, what are you guys uh, taking away so far? I'm gonna go to Julian first. Uh, the national team. How, how do you feel about their performance so far? Underperforming. Um, wow. To be honest, I haven't watched the United States team. I did watch my Las Ticas, but they they are just bad. They're not good. Spain like obliterated them. Um, but no, I, I mean, I heard coming into the from. Look, I'm not gonna act like I I watch women's soccer a lot. I mean, if it's on out there, I think what what doesn't help is like what you said, like the the middle of the night thing is tough. Like, I mean, once I go to bed, I'll kind of like chill out in bed and like kind of watch some of the stuff, but I can't like really like sit down and watch the games normally. Like I was able to with this past men's World Cup because the the way the time is just that New Zealand Australia shit is impossible to watch anything. I mean, you've been over there, right? How was that jet lag, you know, coming back and forth, right? That's a whole 12 hours, right? 12, 13 hours? No, it's like... Well, I know to get there is like 26. That's like... uh, Yeah, they're like a... They're like a... Yeah, they're full day ahead. Like, we're a day behind. They're in the future, essentially. That's wild. So, um... No, but I heard coming into this, like, there's a good chance the the women's team could get dethroned because, from what I understand, this is kind of the last World Cup for a lot of the um, yeah veterans on the, the team, older yeah. the veterans that were that won the past two. Um, they're still the favorites to win this one because I mean, at the end of the day, like, women's soccer here, or women's sports in general, is just so much farther ahead than the rest of the world. I mean, the United States has about a thirty to forty year head start in women's sports compared to everybody else in Europe and especially like in Africa and in Latin America and Asia, like those countries only really Europe is starting to kind of catch up with the United States. And then we're starting to kind of see it down in South America with Brazil and Argentina or Brazil specific, mostly kind of catching up with like more like women's academies and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I mean, we're seeing it this, this uh this year with the european i mean obviously europe already has the infrastructure with what they have with the men's team it's just about kind of bringing that over to the women's and now it seems like it's going to be a pretty tough uphill battle um 
for the the women's team, especially since uh, like there seems to be a lot of uh, new people on there. So, yeah, I mean, they win. That's that'd be awesome. Um, they can get the, the three peat. That'd be pretty insane. Um, but they do got some tough competition. I know England. Uh, they won the women's Euros this past yeah, season. Yeah, this past year, and uh, they were looking really good. I know the Spanish team looks very good. I've watched them a couple times already, and they are they're a really deadly team. Um, so I think it's gonna be really interesting once we get out of the group stage. I think the group stages are all kind of like set up to like we know who's gonna win. Um, I'm just really interested to get into like the knockout rounds. Um, so again, some of these powerhouses. Um, I mean, the Netherlands, outside of from the shot department, they look like they really. I'm looking at it now. They own possession, passing, um, and pass accuracy is really just United States had a more more shots and more shots on target. Um, and Netherlands is just. I mean, they're they're a football powerhouse too. At the end of the day, I mean they they have one of the best like academies and leagues in the world. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see as time goes on. Um, they're definitely what's what's I guess they're tied with Netherlands right now in the standings. Yeah. In the and, and that's state. the thing. I think they play next. That they play Portugal next. I think it's the next game that they play. Yes, um, they're going to play Portugal. If they would have played well in this game, see, again, I'm gonna call it disappointing. This so far the the women's experience, right? They, they no, yeah. Won. I mean, you expect them to win at the end yeah. of the day. I, I expect them to dominate. That's what I expect them to do. Uh, as far, dominate. yeah, because listen, yeah. I, a, I'm not a soccer, like a huge soccer fan. B, I know the women's I mean, team is way better. This than is the Netherlands. This is the Netherlands. I mean, you're talking about these European nations are, like I said, are Wait, catching so, up to the United States. Again, I, I'd up- say the United States should have won. But like for them to dominate like a country like the Netherlands, the Netherlands, like weren't um, they in the World Cup final like four years ago against the U.S. or am I wrong? No, the Netherlands just beat the United States this past World Cup in the round of sixteen. No, I'm yeah. talking about the women's World Cup four years ago. Oh, women's. Oh, I have wasn't no that idea. the finals matchup or am I wrong? I have to look that up as we. I mean, uh, but the the thing I wanted to bring up was uh, this is a stat I found. Uh, we don't have to talk about it, but uh, they haven't trailed uh, since you know. Obviously, uh, the Netherlands goes up. Uh, the last time they trailed in a match was July 10, two thousand eleven, against Brazil. Um, and you know, the women's teams they've been Jojo, dominating. You, you are right. And the United States beat Netherlands two zero in the finals. There you go. So that's so what that I said. Was, like you expect them to beat the Netherlands, yeah, but exactly. like this is still the Netherlands. Good, like yeah. And I think this this team is kind of interesting because it's a mix of very young and very old, right? We have a lot of uh, changing of the guard. Alex uh, Morgan. You know, uh, Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan uh, as kind of the older players, Kelly O'Hara. Um, and he got kind of the mid players, uh, Rose Lavelle, who uh, had a great uh, World Cup last year. And you got kind of the young players. Uh, Sophia Smith was huge uh, that first game against Vietnam, scoring like one of the, I think she was like second youngest player to score uh, uh, on the American team. Uh, so um, I, I, I think so far has been, to me, like I said, disappointing. I, I expect them to dominate. I expect them to score 12 goals every game. Um, 12 goals? <laughs> Right, I mean, so look, the, are you, your are expectations are way too high, dude. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like they're, they're legit that good, or is their competition just that bad? I think so. I think they, they are a good team. Like I said, this is a mix of young and old. So this is like the old guard with the new guard. Um, they are a good team. They are expected to win, like Julian said earlier. Um, I also do recognize that, the, you know, 
competition has gotten better. Uh, teams like you know uh, Japan, Philippines. Shout out to Philippines. First World Cup ex- uh, uh, qualifying, first goal. I saw like the fan reactions of that stuff. Shout out to them. Um, so th- there's major teams out there. Um, New Zealand uh, is kind of you know being a home because you know, it's between Australia. They're hosting in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, they're co-hosting. They're so joint host. Yeah. So um, they're kind of expected to be like you know. Uh, Kind of the underdogs, a better team. I do think competition has gotten better. I still expect America to win. I'm sorry, that, that's just my. I, I, we should not, we should not be uh, struggling. We should not be struggling for a one-one tie. I'm sorry, that's just not what. Uh, I'll say this. <laughs> like, and mind you, um, that was the first time, in, I think, in 17 games across the World Cup that they were down a goal that they didn't yeah. have a lead. So I'm saying. I mean, I've heard from a lot of people who like follow this because I when I work, I kind of put on like the Golasso network on, which is just like the CBS like free channel on Pluto or like on Paramount Plus. I just kind of have that on. And they they with the Women's World Cup coming up. A lot of former players and stuff are saying like, yes, the United States are favorites to win it and get the three beat. But like the world is really catching up. And it's pretty quick for the, especially these European nations to catch up because, like I said, they have that infrastructure already. It's just about the fact that the United, like I said, the United States women's team has had a 30 year, 40 year head start with women's sports. And now for really Europe, they started allowing that more often, like, or come more socially acceptable for like women's sports to be more popular more recently in like the past like 10, 15 years. So, you're talking about like, I think the, the thing with the Women's World Cup is you have the top like five, and then after that, it really falls off the hill, falls off a cliff. It's it's not super tight because I would say you have your powerhouses like England, Spain, United States, Netherlands, like you have that, and oh, and Brazil, but then after that, it it kind of it falls off like pretty like like fast from what i understand but i i'm just saying i wouldn't be surprised if i saw the u.s lose i think they're gonna win but i would not be surprised if they lost to the likes i mean we'll see how this group finishes out and what their bracket's gonna look like um yeah because now with this draw being thrown in there it's gonna be a little weird um yeah obviously i think they still should get top because of goal differential what's their goal differential right now three so unless like what that that's it's what, gonna come down to if the Netherlands can like absolutely bulldoze like how how hard they're gonna bulldoze Vietnam, yeah. Like if <laughs> and how well Portugal could hold up. Well, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like, obviously, you get points for tying, you get points for winning. Um, yeah. So, uh, but that goal differential is, is kind of what's bothering me uh, about this whole it's thing. The deal like, breaker. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, they still have two more games in, in this round, yeah. right? So yeah, I think so. they no, just one more. I think they can get out oh, the group. Once. Yeah, there's one more, yeah. I think they can get out the group. Yeah, but Nez- I think- Nez- oh, yeah. They're already guaranteed out the group pretty but much. But I, I want to oh, see more convincing yet. wins. You got to be more, to me, more convincing wins. I'm sorry. Like, you, you can't you can't be scuffling. This is like uh, the Americans men team tying with England. It's like, yeah, that's kind of a win. But also, like, if you're yeah. trying to dominate, if you're trying to say you're going to the next level, you're trying to, like, you know what I mean? I, I feel like we're on the, so well, far, like the in opposite. my eyes. Oh, I'm saying England should have. In my eyes, dominated the U.S. The first couple games, to to me and the women's team, the first couple games, it feels like a downtrend, and I don't like the downtrend. Like, come on, 
Like y'all, y'all gonna do. I mean, it's, right, it's, so, it's, right, Gabe, it's there's ebbs and flows, man. Predict the next score of this uh, of the next game. Portugal, two one, two one USA. Two. Wow, you're downplaying it like that. Two one. Two one. I go two okay. zero. I think they two zero. They were supposed to I score go, seven this, against Vietnam. This is gonna be their breakout game. Three one. We'll see. Hey, listen. I will say if it, and then like this. I think they should with that. They have a two goal advantage in the goal differential, so they should like get first in the group. Uh, unless, like I said, Netherlands absolutely obliterates Vietnam like five nothing. Like Don't make it close. Listen, every, everybody's coming for America. They, they, they know we're we're going for that 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 three peat. Right. Everybody knows that like there's a there's a air there's a, a target on your back. Like you gotta win and win convincingly. Like don't even make it yeah, close. Yeah. I think the don't struggle. You, you gotta hope comfortable. You can't get too comfortable, man. We all know they already have the last two World Cups. Um, I don't know who was the last team to ever three peat or if it's ever been done. I don't. Um, I don't. know. And, and, and it's always tough, right, to uh, have the veteran cast there to stay motivated or, or find out what their motivation is, right? Is it to actually get the three-peat? Is it to mentor the younger players to carry on the legacy, right? So they're kind of stuck in the middle there. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that as we go through the tournament. All right, so that, that's it for it. We'll, we'll talk about it as, we, as, as the matches happen. Obviously, it's going to be in the middle of the night, so we'll get updates as we go along. But I just want to finish with baseball. Uh, do a little baseball talk, a little base- baseball update. Finally, the Marlins, Sandy Alcantara, finally has a good game. Uh, he finally threw a complete game against uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Threw 97 pitches. He threw 74 strikes. 97 pitches, 74 strikes. Um, and finally had a complete game this year. And Sandy has been not having a great year this year. Julian, been I don't know how much. Yeah, he, yeah, coming off of nope. a Cy Young year. Been quiet. Yeah, it's, yep. it's been and it's they, been they rough. They had a ceremony for him. They had a Sandy Alcantara, uh, Cy Young bobblehead giveaway a few weeks yeah. ago. So it, it, I don't even think he got to win that game. <laughs> it, it's been rough. Man. Yeah, it's been rough. Listen, but he finally Marlins, had a good Marlins game. are coming off. Marlins are coming off eight say, game skid. Eight, eight game losses. Yeah, in a row. I was I was going to say I will say from the. Sandy not performing so well, it's been made up for with the way Arias has been playing out of his fucking mind. So if you can get everybody linking up again like they did a couple weeks ago, like you said, this eight-game skid has been tough. But Yeah, I mean, so with that eight-game skid, you guys uh, actually dropped behind the Phillies now, which you had early on in the season, like five, six-game um, advantage. So Marlins 55-48. Half a game yeah. back. I was going to say, they're half right a game there. Out the wild I mean, card. They, the wild they're card. right there. Um, Atlanta's been dominant. I don't think you're going to catch up to Atlanta this season. Atlanta's um, probably going to yeah. go back to back. I'm calling it now. I think Atlanta's yeah. going back to back. They're, they're very dominant, very dominant team. They're going to be the number one coming out. So we got to fight for that wild card. 140 run differential. Yeah. Insane. That's insane. And Miami's been only winning the Rangers, close. Only the, only the Rangers have more. Yeah, yeah. And they, they played 
Oh, the Rangers played a crazy game last night. I don't know if you saw JoJo. Oh, the Grand Slam. I guess the Astros. I guess the Astros 13. And guess guess what? Guess who I'm rooting for in that division? Who who you rooting for? The damn Rangers, all right? Because fuck the Astros. Oh, fuck the Astros. I'm the same, same, no two. Listen, man. I don't (laughs) want them winning the division. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. I didn't want to see them in the fucking World Series. I don't want to see them in the wild card. I'm over them. Same I'm, no I'm to. Done. I'm done with oh. the Astros, yo. We're, we're on the same page, yo. Fuck the Astros. You That's know who's just... been immensely disappointing has been the Mets. Oh. It's went off and spent so much hey, money. We actually, we actually just beat them last night. We split a, a two-game series with them, Crosstown Rivals. Uh, yeah, they're not looking too good. I mean, we're, we're not looking too great either, but. 47 and 54 for the Mets. That's actually oh, yeah. one of the biggest yeah. disappointments uh, so far in the MLB. Is this Mets team, man? It's unfortunate. Uh, it's their, where their closer went out in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. That was not a great way to start your season. You got two Hall of Fame pitchers on your team, and I don't. I don't know what's going on, man. I, you have amazing infielders. You you have Pete Alonso. You got Lindor. Like yeah. I, I don't know. I I haven't watched enough Mets games to like really critique. And see what's going on and assess, right? But the hype, the yeah, the hype from the beginning of the season to now. Listen, crazy. man, you know if, you're behind, on a, if you're behind the Marlins after spending all that money, no offense to the Marlins, but like, yeah, you're doing something wrong here, right? Even the Phillies had a shitty start to the season. They had Harper was out an injury, and you know there are high expectations for them as well. Uh, I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. Nah. You know who's slowly been climbing up the ranks. And it's been kind of quiet, at least outside of Chicago land, is the Cubbies. The Cubbies oh, here are oh, here killing it right now. They are four and a half games <laughs> outside of the wild card. The Cubs, I mean, look, for real, though, like they've actually been on a little streak. bit of a run. Little, little five game win seven, at, seven out of three. I mean, seven out of ten, I mean. Like, they, they've been playing pretty well. And from what I've been seeing, everybody's been saying they've been playing pretty well. But... This is gonna. I think this is gonna be a really, really tight race for this wild card spot. These, this next month because man, I'll tell like you the right Marlins, now, the, the Marlins cannot afford to do what they just did. Like, I mean, luckily they're only a, a half a game out of the wild card, but it's like, man, you had a solid lead. You can't yeah. go two and eight in your last ten, man. Like yeah. that is, you cannot do that when this What's race that is that tight. And you and had a solid gap, question. and luckily that gap, like. When you went on that skid, you had enough leeway to still be in it. But like you can now you're at a position where you cannot do that again. You cannot Man. do that again if you want to stay. My biggest because- question for the Marlins was how how long can you do this, right? How long can you hold on to it for? We've seen it in the past, especially in that division where the Marlins are, like they teams trade places, man. Like last season, the Mets were in first place of the division the entire season, and then boom, here come the Braves, right? So there's some competition there. Um, Look, you got five game. You got five teams within a one game spread. Like it's super, and then behind that you got the Cubs at four and a half, the Padres at seven, six and a half, and then the Mets at seven and a half. So with the amount of games are left, like that's a that's gonna be. That, I mean, you're talking about eight teams that are really in like kind of a race right now. Like you cannot afford to like take your foot off the gas. Yeah. And they're right, different. So what, 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 what do the Marlins need to do to <sighs> get into that wild card spot? Is it pitching opportunities, base running, hitting? What, what's, think, what's going on there? What, what are you seeing from them? 
I think offensively they've kind of uh, they've gone over right. It's kind of superseded what kind of what I expected in the beginning of the season. I expected to be. I was like, this is a bunch of nobodies. Like Araya. I was like, what the hell? Like um, so as far as offensively, they've been superseding. I think uh, relief pitching, Defense. relief pitching is one. The- Sandy's got to pitch better. He's had a whole half it's, year of not pitching well. Starters, stars got to come through. We've known that like they've had an easy season going into the All Star Weekend and coming after coming uh, towards the end of the year. This is a tough part of the schedule. Like this is going to be tough, and it's not looking good, right? They they have a nineteen differential point differential, a minus nineteen point differential, and the Cubs and the Padres. Let me look at specifically plus forty eight, plus fifty one for the Cubs and the and the Padres, and the Miami is minus nineteen. It's going to be rough. Um, they're crazy. holding on, barely holding on by a string. Uh, I don't know how it's working out. But like like you said earlier, they're half a game outside of the wall card. They're still in the race. They're in the hunt. Maybe things turn around. I don't I don't know what specifically, you know. I mean, look, you got the Yankees coming to town in two weeks, man. Three games span, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. To me, it's all pitching. Like, the pitching has been horrendous. Like, they haven't pitched a shutout in, like, fucking – Forever, like, look, let me rattle off these scores. They just beat the Rays. They only let up one run there, but outside of that, you've allowed four, two, four, six, six, five, six, six, five, six, five, uh, three, three, four, three, nine. Like, come on, like, look how many runs you're allowing in. Like the 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 deep the offense has been the only thing that's been keeping that run differential, like even within nineteen, honestly, because. Right now, the best pitcher currently stats wise is Jesus Luzado. Like, he has eight wins, uh, 3.22 ERA, 144 strikeouts. We're Sandy on that. He's he's not even he's been in awful. the top. He's like, been awful. Like, come on, like, dude, like, like they, they hadn't had a, a shutout since, let's see here. The Red Sox and what day Damn, was going, this? Going way back. I was beginning the season. He's going way back. <laughs> June tw- June twenty ninth was the last time uh, you had a game where you didn't allow a run. A whole almost a, I think pretty we won much that a month. I think, I think we won that Red Sox series. Yeah, pretty much a month. And this is a kind of a Red Sox team that is not even that strong of a team. Yeah. Like Come on, man. Yo, speaking of the Red Sox, I've heard, I don't know, trade rumors, trade deadline's about to come up. Uh, JoJo, I don't know if you want to, you know, speculate. I know, you know, there's a lot of talk, you know. Uh, we're we're going to talk about the unicorn. We're going to talk about Otani. Otani over the weekend, you know, through his, uh, or was it yesterday, last night, uh, through his first complete game, a one-hitter complete game. No, that was today. Today. And let's, let's tap into that. So today, and I realized why that game was so early that we were talking about before the podcast started. Um, first, what well, complete game shutout with one hit. He had one hitter, unicorn. Do you know what he did about a half hour ago, Gabe? What did he do? Saw the notification on my phone. In the second game, you of tell the ball, me, I, you updating me. I'm learning live, just listen, like you. Not one, but two home runs. This man just hit in the second game of this doubleheader. Oh so how God. you go from throwing a one hitter shutout complete <laughs> game, and then the next game you're hitting two home runs? Jesus Christ. Listen, man. All right, Yo, so MVP. MVP. All I got to say is, right, it's been a lot of rumors uh, before the deadline where Otani's going to land. Um, should the Angels give him up? 
right? Should should they, you know, hold on to him? And the only answer that is correct is is to hold on to this guy. Oh, um, if you look, if you look at I the disagree. standings, if you look at the standings, they are how many games behind in the wild card? What do you got? Three and a half games behind. And if you get, they had two wins today. Well, I'm not sure if they won the second game, but you're you're right there. You are right there. This is a once in a generation talent, two way player. You can't you can't get rid of him. And I'm only saying that because you they should go ahead and actually acquire more players right now before the deadline. That's what they should be doing, acquiring talent so they can make it to the damn postseason with Trout and Otani. And you're that close. This is your best opportunity. Right now, I think if they were to give him up, they're way too close to give him up right now. You're three and a uh, half games behind, and you got the second half of the season to get that job done. I absolutely disagree because, obviously, Trout coming off injury, he broke his foot. Uh, he had surgery July 5th or at the end of the July. Um, I think a smart person would say, yes, keep him. But after... This contract is up, and do you really think you can keep him in Los Angeles as an angel? I absolutely do not think. I think he is up for. Uh, I think he's up for like uh, going across another team. Like he's going to be on another team probably next year. Um, but I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. You know, there's a lot of talk. You know, you talk about. You know, you're wearing your Yankee shirt. Maybe possibly go to the Yankees, big market team. You know, international. I think he's going to stay. Did it. Yeah, I, I think honestly, I think um, I think Otani's gonna stay on the West Coast. Uh, it could be Seattle, it could be the Padres, it could be it's the LA Seattle. Dodgers, it could be the Dodgers. I've heard rumors of Texas. It's, I don't think it's gonna be Texas, but whatever. I think he's gonna stay on the gonna, West Coast. It's gonna be some California, some West Coast team. It's uh, gonna be a team that spends money. Dodgers. So if you narrow that down, it's either the Dodgers. Potentially the Giants, but it's I don't LA. see the Giants doing that. It's yeah. the, I mean, the if, you, if you're saying if you're give a bag to Aaron Judge, so they got some money. That's what I'm them. saying. If if you're if you're only talking about two teams that have the money and want to spend the money, it's really only the Dodgers and the Giants. There's no way he's going to San Diego. I don't think they're going to put the money. No, into. no shot. He's not going to Seattle. Not with the contracts they have. No, Seattle's definitely not. Seattle's not a big money team. They're they're just not that like. They're a young, exciting team. I mean, who? Yeah, but like, I mean, you're who gonna else? trade your young like, talent. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. It. see, that's the thing. Yeah. Another thing about the if they're and, gonna trade him, maybe. It, I, look, I, you're I, keeping I, the fan base in Los yeah. Angeles. He's actually gonna play in LA now. And maybe you, yeah, like you said, maybe the Dodgers want to move from Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, like, I, I was gonna say know. he's already in LA, so it's not gonna be a hard transition from him from LA to LA. Um, uh. If he goes somewhere, also it's like the trade value. Like, what what do you get? I don't think they're going to trade him. I, I I honestly think the Angels are going to try to keep him. For well, it's more about just trading. It's about who's going to yeah. want to spend the money for his but contract. Even, even if you do trade him, I don't think you're going to get equal value because he's just he is, in my opinion, the greatest generational player in my lifetime. The greatest player I've ever seen. I thought it was A Rod. I thought it was Griffey. No, it's fucking you know. It's fucking Otani, man. Right, Otani's the greatest team, player ever. Besides West Coast, East Coast, West Coast, you got to look at what league he wants to play in as well. American League or National League. 
So you really got to deep dive into that. You know, there's different rules, different players. Yeah. And there's a pay scale, too. If you want to stay with a team, like, how do you get paid as a hitter? Do you get paid as a pitcher? Because you yeah. you, you perform at a certain thing. I think he's, he's fucking in the running for MVP. He's got to win this year. Uh, I'm sorry. He's like, going to he, be the he, highest. He had an insane June. His June oh, wasn't crazy. Um, so it's like it's like one of those things like, oh, do you get paid as this? Do you get paid as that? You do both excellently well. Like even if you stop pitching, let's say you fucking hurt your arm, you can still fucking hit and run. You're still a power hitter. Uh, kind of insane to think of. Um, so I think the Angels, I, my opinion, what I think is going to happen, Angels going to keep him, this trade deadline, he's not going to move. But I think afterwards, he's going to go to another team. Somewhere on the West Coast. That's just my guess. I don't know what team. I can't so tell you specifics of, of whatever contracts. But as what? of two hours ago, it says that the Angels are all in on Shohei Otani. He is not available for trade as of two yep, hours. Yep, here we go. Here we go. They're trying That's to make that playoff push. They're going to yeah. make if that If the playoff. Angels don't make the playoffs and they don't re-sign Otani when he reaches free agency, Moreno would be convicted of industrial circles of making Neanderthal mistakes and send the team back years. <laughs> Neanderthal mistakes. Don't send Otani, man. Otani's well, the greatest. I'm telling you, man, they, they're, they're going all in this year, right? This is their best chance. They're only three and a half back. They should be looking for talent to bring in to play with him right now. That's what they should be doing. Find your weaknesses. Acquire before the trade and line. And, well, Get into the playoffs. And, dude, when... At the end of the day, the Angels, I think, need him just from a business perspective. If you're you're in, in L.A., they're viewed as the Anaheim Angels. There's a reason why they were the Anaheim what? Angels, and they changed the name to Los Angeles Angels. They will always be second class to the Dodgers. They're the Clippers to and the Dodgers-Lakers. <laughs> even worse, because at least the Clippers play in Los Angeles. Like, this is <laughs> – they, they, they are the Anaheim Angels to people over there. They're not the Los Angeles Angels even though they changed their name to that. And it's like, if you want to not be the second-class citizen in Southern California, in the L.A. area, you got to keep the big names. You got to keep Trout. You got to keep Otani. If you want but what are they doing the, to support him? Because you're in direct com- I mean, competition listen, man, with the Dodgers. They're still second-class. No, they got to win. It doesn't matter who they have. And that's like, what I'm saying. So, so you, you like, cannot give, give away – Potentially, like Gabe was saying, the best player of our entire generation, mm. potentially even ever by the end of his career. Like, but I would say only if this because is your chance to take over. The they game. have a chance only because they have a chance right now, right? If they're that close now, if they they were looking like the Athletics, and yeah. you know, like they have in the past, so, even with Trout, but it's it's, it's, <laughs> it's deeper and, like, than this year, though. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. deeper than just this year. Only, I mean, you're talking about years, like, like. I mean, if you can lock him up for at least the next five to seven or however long his contract will be, it's about having like the the long term effect, not just about now. It's like, yeah, maybe they don't make it this year. Next year they revamp in free agency or whatever, and then who knows? But as long as you can lock him down, like that is yeah. The, well, it's not just like one priority. What I'm is, look, but like, sorry to bring it up. It, it does matter this season because Otani is not going to decide to stay if he knows he doesn't have an opportunity to win. If they don't make the postseason this year, his head's gonna look the other way. That's what I'm saying. Like, keep him, acquire him, keep him, acquire him. He's really good. He's what are you doing to support him? How are you giving him run support? How are you giving pitching support? How are you? No. What, I what else are you feeling around him? They're not doing anything this season. The Angels are gonna add. Like, look, there's not gonna be any serious acquisitions until once the season's over. 
like realistically, I mean, unless they, they do some the crazy. They have, the unless, they have a few. They still. Yeah, have but time. are they gonna do like what are the? Do you think they're gonna do something though? Like, do you personally think they're gonna make major changes? I think they have to. I if, think they yeah. have. But, but do you think they will do it? I think they're gonna <laughs> attempt. <laughs> Look, I think I think, I, I think they're going to attempt. I think if you can figure it out, I mean, I, I think you're only asking so much of what you can do in a season. At the end of the I day, mean, I think if you can, the one man show, right? I, honestly, now. if if I'm if I'm an Angels fan or if you're, I would I would rather them be able to work something out with him to stay than miss the playoffs this season. Not gonna. I'd rather miss the playoffs this season if you can get him to stay. There's no chance he stays if they don't make the playoffs. They need to focus on the right now so they can focus on tomorrow. And they're not. I think there's a pitch to, but there could be a pitch to be made. Like, hey, we don't make it this year, but we're revamping this free agency. We have this person's free. This person's free. No, no. Listen, I just don't believe like last two years of him being the best player. Like that. That's it. This is the Damian Lillard uh, situation. I want to be here for rebuild. He's been the best player. (laughs) I'm saying to hold. I know Judge won MVP last season, but his. You don't know. It's like a Giannis right now, right? He's getting better and better. And we're like, what the hell's going on? Giannis sooner or later got that ring. So it's like, all right, that's off. Okay. That's off your shoulder now. Okay. Yeah. But if you're making your whole, this whole inflection point is just, they make the playoffs. Okay. What if they make the playoffs or bounce out of the next round? Does that really matter at the end of the day? Like, okay. Yes. Yeah. You can say you made it, but like, yes, you did, it it's about matter. making your. It's about making a run at the end of the no, day. No, it's no. like for I, them, like per, this if you if you squeeze in, in the playoffs. My thing is like if you squeeze in, last, who cares? What was the last year the Angels made the playoffs? They need to just get in. For baseball, it's a big deal because it's so hard to make the playoffs. Yeah, like even if it's I'm the saying, wild card, if you make in and then you bounce, like versus like maybe just being outside. Is that really a big difference? Because, like we said, I genuinely believe at the, this trade deadline, if they make any move, if any at all, it's not going to be game changing moves that are going to turn this team all of a sudden into a contender. If they make it a move, then maybe they can possibly get in the playoffs. But like at the I end mean, of the day, listen, Angels still have to do something to recruit him to stay, you and you're going to have to do something baseball, this off. It's it's still the off season. You can, make a, you can make a run. You can make a run, man. I'm telling you, just like in football, right? You're you're saying what's the difference when making the playoffs? And then becoming one game away from making it. It's either you make it or you don't make it. Yeah. You're not like. No, but I'm saying if they make it happen. and then they get bounced, like, does it matter at the end of the day? Like, is it Here. is that going to want to make him stay anymore? It's like, oh, yeah, we made it. But it wasn't like this team was built to actually go deep in the playoffs. We just got bounced the first round. I'll, I'll tell you like, as a fan. The team I, still I, needs to get revamped in the offseason, regardless. A, they still need as, to add pieces in the offseason. I mean, yeah, fan, that's that's any team, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every team will revamp in the offseason. Doesn't matter. There's only one championship team, regardless. I'm just saying, I only think there's different. so much they're going to do this trade deadline. Like, there's only so much you can do Listen, or would do. Like, a, As a fan, if I say he's the greatest player I've ever seen, the greatest player of my generation, I want to see him in a World Series. It, it, it would be a waste of talent, a waste of time. And, you know, for a franchise to have a great player and then never do anything with him. That that's Mike Trout was supposed to be that guy. Mike Trout was supposed to be a yeah. guy. And how many how many World Series have you seen Mike Trout in? And now you got no, Mike Trout I, and you got Otani, two generational players. Never did anything. Never seen a playoff. Never. No, seen I understand what you know I'm mean? what I'm waste. saying is to. No, I I completely. Julian agree. wants longevity. He wants. 
a sustainable team to make a deep run, which I get. You think this deadline is not going to patch that up. But what I'm telling you in a, in a – I'm just saying to base I, your next like hearing, five seasons or whatever just based off what happens this second half of the season by what they did in the trade, did, trade deadline is weird. If you go into the offseason and we're like, hey, Otani, we've added this piece, this piece, this piece, this piece. You're the last on here. And we've made space for you, and these are the people that we've bringing in because to help support you and Trout. Then he makes the decision there. But then if they end up pulling nothing to the table, like there's nothing we could do, there's nothing. Then it's like, all right, yeah, fuck you guys, I'm out. I'm, I'm gone. Out. There you like, go. Well, here's what <laughs> I'm to just to be say, like, you know what I'm saying, no matter how we make the playoffs, like I mean, like you can no. barely make the playoffs and whatever. Well, listen, like, listen, listen. and I get what you're reason why you stay. Well, what I'm saying is, one, he's never made the playoffs since he's been there. So this season is the make or break. If they can at least get in, that will help them carry on to what you're saying. Hey, we made the playoffs. We can build off this. We are now a playoff team with what we had, and then we can add on. That would be a better case for him next season, whereas, okay, we didn't make the playoffs again. He's going to take money oh, I mean, and go somewhere else. That's, that, oh, that's I agree it. with you, like, saying that, yeah. like, we made the this is going to be a better pitch, but I'm saying just to say like you've made the playoffs, but then you still come in this off season and did nothing about it just because you made the playoffs this season, but then you still didn't add anything. They, I'm still going to be they might, not, they might not be able to do anything this off season. If they're going to pay him all that money, they might not even be able to do that. That's so what I'm leave. saying. They need, to, they need to go now and do and acquire some stuff at the trade deadline to give them the best chance. Because I know, but I'm saying not, then if they they're not going to pay him 400 mil on top of Trout's whatever 300 million dollar contract. So then what you're saying in general is that pretty much <laughs> trade him away. Not. That's what I'm saying. Trade him away. Get rid of him because you can't. Because if get you're that. saying that you can't afford him regardless, like you say you are able to pay him, and then you but now you have no money to bring pieces around him, he's yes. not going to want to stay for that. So but it's like Julian, he's going to leave regardless. Paying. What I'm, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You need to hold on to him as much this year. This is your best chance. Don't trade him. Gabe wants to trade him now. I'm saying no. Get him pieces now to at least see what you can do in the playoffs with him. This is your chance because he's going to leave. He's going to go. But if you trade him now and you're three and a half games behind the wild card, you're not going to see that. You'll never know what gonna, potentially they could do. You're, you're uh, never gonna I'm know. not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward. If you, if you get in the playoffs with Otani as your starting pitcher, who the fuck knows what could happen? You just got to win four out of seven. Four yeah. Like, yeah, but can I mean, this team win five? like – yeah, but I don't know if the team could do that against some of the top in the National League. Well, I mean, I'm, yeah, what, what I'm are, just saying, yeah, though. I'm just I saying, mean, the like, Braves, the Dodgers, the Giants, like they got to get through that, and that they're just not going to get through that. Um, well, I mean, that's that's the other. I'm theme. I'm kind of leaning yeah, with like Gabe on this. Like, if you Astros, can't if you can't get nothing from them, Yankees, Boston, if, Tampa. If, I mean, I'm kind of with Gabe on this, where it's like, look, if you know you're looking at your financial sheet and you're like, all right, he's going to want this much money. I the greatest player of all time. Money, the greatest player of all time. Not just any player. We cannot. The greatest player yeah, of all time. <laughs> but but we can't put anything around him. He's not going to be happy if we can't put anything around him. He's going to want to request a trade anyways. Why not get some compensation 
if you know that he's they're, probably going to leave in the offseason. Because they're, they're too close right now. I'm See, telling you, if the they thing. were like, that's a, that's a tension. That's a tension. They're too close. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They're right there. They're three games. If they if they were 15 games back, they would have easily made this decision. Like, all right, we'll give up on the season. But they're so the close. Fact that, the fact that they're right there, <laughs> right? And and today they had a doubleheader. And and his performance on the mound and it hit two Complete home runs. game, like, two home runs. <laughs> you're not, you're, you're not going to look the other way and be like, all right, we're going to get rid of this guy. Like, you're not going to do it. You're, you're not going to do it. <laughs> so that's why they said, you read the statement, they're all in. They're all in. They're all in on Otani. That's why they need to acquire who need, they need to acquire now and see what you can do and get in the postseason now because – Homeboy's going to be gone if you can't afford him next season. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I, I already yeah. re- repeated myself. Right, so repeat so how, would you feel if, how would you feel if I said, like, would you rather them make the playoffs this season? Or if, you, if you're if you saying you're, as if you're an Angels fan, or would you rather lock him down for years? No, playoffs, bro. Because you can lock him down. The playoffs still ain't guaranteed with him in 20 years, just like yeah. fucking Trout. Like you need but to make the not playoffs. going on a run. It would be a miracle if they went that. on a run in the playoffs. Right, yes, you could be a pessimist or a realist. Bro, it's not like he can. It's playoffs. not like he can pitch every game in the playoffs, though. That's what but he can hit like, every game. But he can hit. That's the thing. I mean, I mean, just like any team, right? You only have one or two aces. And really, the teams that make deep playoff runs, if they have three guys and they have relievers, not every team has that. The Astros did last year, which is why they fucking took it all. The Rays a few years ago went beast mode. L.A. always has great pitching. Like, that's for any team. You have good pitching. Like, you're going to make deep runs. Why? Because the other team can't score. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the tension. Listen, we're going to leave it at that. Let's leave it at that because it's trade deadline. We'll find out next. Listen, by the time we come on our pack, we're going to know all the transactions, all the, all, all, everything that happens. Okay. Uh, Yo, I think they're all Julian in. got my spark back. I'm excited. <laughs> Let's go. But hey, we appreciate y'all listening. This was a long one. Real Fans Podcast. Thank y'all for checking us out. Listen, Julian's going to be recording the Real Fans FC. So he's going to talk more, more MLS, more Messi, more World Cup, more uh, everything MLS. Real Fans Podcast is us real fans fc julian tell them about real fans fc real fans fc cover all the news obviously this side of the pond and the other side of the pond in the second half of the episode but with it being off season in europe only preseason going on probably not going to talk too much about that but if you guys want to get some leaks cup want to hear some leaks cup predictions or leaks cup talk and messy talk and now with the recent news of potentially salary caps getting restructured in the mls with taking advantage of the messy thing we're going to talk about that i think that's a really interesting topic a lot of owners are coming out saying hey we want to make some rule we want to make some changes to this league we want to spend more money raise that cap baby so we're going to talk some of that who own what owners are not a part of it <laughs> robert Kraft. <laughs> Cronky. Um, <laughs> we're going to see how uh, that goes. But uh, yeah, check us out, man. All the things Twitter, not Twitter anymore. It's X now. X. Threads. X.com. Instagram. Everything. Real fan. Po- Thank you all for checking us out on YouTube. We appreciate it. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Yeah. Peace out, everybody.